You know, the it's so funny. This is how the Holy Spirit works. I'm talking about becoming a new creation <laughs> today. And it, I mean, some people find it funny. Some people don't see the link between it all. But God just weaves stuff together in just, it's, it's incredible. Do you know the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? I love how it says... Um, and the things of the earth will, go strange, will grow strangely dim. And when I pray and when I focus uh, my thoughts on Jesus, the things of the earth, the problems that I have, um, they seem at the time so big and so indestructible. But when I come to God and I start praying, they just grow. It's strangely. It's strange how it happens. What was once such a blockage in my life or was once such a burden that I was trying to carry... Or an issue that is like, oh, I cannot get my head around this issue. Yeah. As I get into the prayer room with God and I seek his face, it grows strangely dim. Yeah. It's abnormally dim. Yeah. It's weird how that happens. But um, the battle is between our old self and the new creation. And always wanting to go back to the old self again. So I want to talk about um, becoming a new creation today. Um, putting on the new self every day and it's from as Andrew said 2 Corinthians 5 first verse 17 um, therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come and I've realized the kingdom of God it works so different to the world that in the world we have business structure and hierarchical system and stuff like that it seems to go okay it seems to work in the world that's what we use in business and stuff like that but the kingdom of god is just completely upside down to the world it works it works totally different when we're a new creation in christ when we turn to him and we focus on him and our heart aligns with god's then all those things fall away it's not like i need to go to the counselor first uh, praise God for counsellors. It's not that I need to do something first if I have a big problem in my life, but I, I need to come to God first. And then the problem seems to fall away. And so it's upside down to the world. Normally we would, okay, we have a problem. Let's fix this problem. And then I can bring myself to God more righteous because I'm carrying something or I'm in sin or something like that. But it's upside down. That's what the world would do. But I think as believers we can come to God. It's so amazing how that works. The new in new creation, if you use a concordance or something like that, there's two Greek news. We have just new or new. If I renovated my kitchen, you'd probably say, if you're an Aussie, I've done a reno. But we have a new kitchen. I've got a new kitchen. Or if i got uh, a new haircut, I've got a new haircut. In the Greek... For new creation, they don't use the renovation new. They use it new as in brown, brand new, and it's, it's uh, a sense of fresh existence. So when we say you're a new creation in Christ, it's not that Christ has patched you up or just worked with what you've got and done some internal renos. It's, he's actually, he's, you are a brand new creation in Christ. And you're a brand new family. 
you're a brand new Christian, you have a brand new set of values, and you're just, you're brand new. It's not a, it's not a patchwork. The old man is still present in our life. Boo. You can find that in Ephesians 4, if you don't believe me, Colossians 3 as well. So the new man, he must be put on as you would put on clothes. So when we wake up in the morning, some people like to pray in the morning, some people like to pray in the evening. I find strategically, I like to pray in the morning because when I first wake up, that's the opportunity to put on the new self, to put on this is who God has created me to be. I've got this um, huge chunk of scripture I'm just going to read. It's Colossians 3, 9 to 17. Colossians 3, 9 to 17. It says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there are no Jews, no Greeks or Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, But Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. This is what we put on. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and demolishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. So this is what we put on. This is um, as a new creation. We put this on daily. And sometimes you can put it on and you can not have to consciously think about your conscious and where your heart's at. You're just walking in that place with God and that's awesome. But it's a, it's a daily thing it talks about here. The Spirit of God in us can accomplish a life-changing transformation. So God has given us this Spirit And the Spirit lives in us. And therefore, it's this Spirit that can bring transformation to our lives. And this is the most difficult aspect of putting on the new self. I think it means that we need to lay down our rights. If someone has done an injustice against you, then the hardest thing to do is to lay down your rights. But they did that thing to me. And that hurt. And now I'm walking in the offence of what they did. But the hardest thing about becoming a new creation, I think, is yes, we have been made new in God, brand new. But we have to put that on every day. I think back on my life. I don't think I have a lot of people who I needed to forgive. I think I I have a lot of people that I had to ask forgiveness from. Because I seem to always be the perpetrator in the issues that uh, came up in my life. And the things that I did, I was normally the person doing the injustice against other people. And so it's easy for me to say that you need to do this. (laughs) But when you're really carrying, when you've been the victim in a situation and you're really carrying um, the burden of pain, 
then putting on the new self and walking in humility and love and forgiveness is a real struggle. And so it has to be something that we get alone with God and we just ask him, I'm just put on the me you created me to be and help me walk through this thing. Um, the next part of the verse, uh, which I really love, is 2 Corinthians 5. This is verse 18. So why has God made us this new creation? All this is from God, who though Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we've been reconciled back to God and he made us a new creation He's reconciled us back to him, and now he's given us this thing, the ministry of reconciliation. So what my role is when I meet someone is I need to uh, deliver the message of reconciliation. Just because God has reconciled me back to himself, now he's given me the same ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation in the New Testament is the restoration of favor of the favor of God to sinners that repent. I love that. Reconciliation means the restoration of the favor of God to sinners that repent. So we've got this gift, the most precious gift, the ministry of reconciliation. And the fact that we've been reconciled to God, his favor is restored in us. Then he gives us the privilege and the responsibility to be ministers of reconciliation. So if you've been reconciled back to God and you're in Christ, then you have the responsibility and the privilege, but it is a responsibility to reconcile other people back to God. And that's our ministry. We were made, we became a new creation and reconciled to God for that purpose. So we just point people back to God. Lead others back to their true identity as sons and daughters of the King, loved by Him. I love the next verse, uh, a few verses down, verse 21. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. I'll read that again. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, God sent his son to become sin for us. Not so that we could get out of hell, but praise God, anyone who believes in Jesus will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And that's amazing. But he made his own son to become sin, even though he hadn't sinned, for us. But not for us to keep. It was for us, we received it, now we have the gift, and now it's our responsibility to go and reconcile others back to God as well. He's done the most wonderful, amazing, incredible thing of, of restoring us back to the Father. And I remember um, famous atheist and comedian, Penn and Teller. I don't know which uh, one said it, but one of them said this. Um, he's a very active atheist, doesn't like Christians. But he said, uh, regarding Christians, how much must they hate the world to supposedly have this gift 
of eternal life and not share it with the world? How much, how much must you hate the world and the people of the world to carry this gift of reconciliation and not share it? That you could be sitting next to someone who is going to hell at it because they've turned their back on God. And that's a blunt but accurate statement. But we withhold the most precious gift to them. And I realized after um, losing friends, losing family members, because like I've shared once here before, politeness or friendship or other reasons that got in the way. And I guess I just vowed to myself that we cannot let people slip into eternity without knowing their father and without knowing Jesus. And he's given us this precious, precious gift. And it's the, the ministry of reconciliation. He said, now that you've been reconciled, now you go. And if we look at, I knew this has happened. I just like cut and paste a verse because I don't want the whole book in there. And then I realize I need to quote a verse from it. Bear with me. And so, here we go. Um, so, he's reconciling to herself. The message of reconciliation. We are therefore ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us. It's like when we share the message of reconciliation, it's as if God is himself is speaking to that person. It's as if God is delivering the message himself. When you're an ambassador for a nation, and you go to another nation and you share with the president, it's as if the president himself is sitting in that place. The ambassador for the nation knows the things of that nation so well that they can be sent. That's what an ambassador means. It means I'm going to send you in my place. Any question they have, you're going to answer as if I'm going to answer it. The same answer. So now we've become ambassadors of Christ. That means when we sit and we share with someone, it's like God himself is sharing the message of reconciliation. And it's as if anything they ask us, when we're in Christ and we've received the ministry of reconciliation, we can share whatever questions they have. And we just share Jesus and the message of reconciliation. Did you know he loves you? You can be reconciled back to God. If you turn from the life that you're living and turn to Jesus, he makes all things brand new. And so we carry this amazing, amazing message um, there's a story of a guy who I met maybe six years ago, something like that. And he came into our church just out of the blue and he was just on fire. He was on fire. This guy is like scripture everywhere. He's like, doo, doo, doo. Romans 6, did you know? And I'm going to Romans 5 this guy. And I'm done. I didn't even know Romans 5 or anything. And just full of life, full of zeal, full of the word of God. I was so amazed by this guy, but he was just a... No one knew who he was, where he came from. He was an angel. No, he wasn't. He was no, and he brought a guy who he led to the Lord into our church. So this guy, Don, none of you will know him. His name's Don. He's from Melbourne. He brought this guy into church. He met him in Ballarat, McDonald's, led him to the Lord. He was looking for churches in Ballarat. He found our church. He came and brought the guy in. And he met with the pastor. And he's like, oh, just, he was so, he, bah, just fire. And then... He, we were talking afterwards and he kind of assigned me to this guy. You look after him now. I need to go back to Melbourne. And so 
I picked him up one time, brought him to church the next week. I kind of connected with him, but I was so, I had stuff going on and I just, I wasn't committed to, and I didn't have the heart for the lost. I was just so in my own world and in my own thing. I loved God. I loved uh, the church. I loved ministry. I was connected into so many things. I was just busy studying, had family. I was just a busy guy. And so when this person came along, Don said, you, you take care of him now. So I took him to church. We kind of lost, uh, he came to a men's thing one night and then we kind of lost a bit of connection. And then Don rang me a couple of weeks later and, oh, how's it going with this guy? I'm like, oh, mate, I haven't spoke to him in a couple of weeks probably. And I texted him the other day and he didn't respond to my text, so yeah, I don't really know. Don's like, oh, so I'll give him a call, I'll give him a call. So Don gave him a call. Um... Just messaged me, yep, he's still around, you should go to his house or something. And I was just, you know, busy. I was a busy guy. And I never really committed myself to being a man who was committed to the harvest and committed to seeking the lost and committing to reaching out. I mean, I was doing everything in church. I was so churchified. And if you asked anyone in my church, I was awesome. I was a worship team youth ministry, all this stuff. Um, but I never had any time to connect with anyone. I had my priorities were totally flipped the wrong way. But I was so committed to the house, which is awesome. It's awesome to commit to God's house, not, not denying that at all. But I was so committed to that and to everything else. I just didn't have time for this guy. That was the bottom line. It was a lost soul coming into the church, looking for the Lord, looking for a reconciliation back to God looking for a new life, looking to be transformed, and I just didn't have time. I was too busy. So Don rang me a couple of weeks later. How's it going? Oh, mate, that's what I told him. I'm, I'm just, I'm busy, mate. I'm really, yeah, I'm struggling. I sent him another text after you texted me. I texted him again and haven't heard back, so I don't know. He's, he's off the radar now. He's didn't return my text, so. And Don said something to me that I'll never forget this simple um, statement but he said you got to go get your lost sheep man and when he said it to me on my phone on my phone my heart just broke it's like you got to go get your lost sheep man you got to go get them like it's the first thing you do before you join the worship team and before anything else you got to go get your lost sheep that's the mission worship team's great youth ministry is great Study's great, but the mission is the lost sheep. And after he said this one thing to me, he just said, you've got to go get your lost sheep, man. I'm like, yeah, you're right, I do. All right, leave it with me. And I just, I never forget that statement. You've got to go get your lost sheep. And it made me realise, what is my priority in my life? And what's the purpose of me doing this stuff? And I'm, this is awesome. I'm not, I'm sure you know what I'm saying. But it's about the lost sheep, the mission, the reason why we are reconciled back to God. Firstly, it's because now we have the ministry of reconciliation. Now we have the privilege to go and to bring others to the Lord. There's so many people in my circle of friends when I came to the Lord who desperately needed Jesus. And so many people that you that you notice in the world when you begin to ask God, all right, God, I've got this backwards. 
I need to get your heart on this and I need to get alone with him. And like I was saying at the start when we pray for nations, I just started to pray for souls. And just whoever's name came into my mind, I'll just start praying. Okay, God, yep, I'll lift that person up to you and I'll just pray. He's going to come into your kingdom. And it was kind of robotic at first. I knew there was a change and there was a problem in my heart that I didn't see people as who God created them to be. Precious, precious sons and daughters who have gone astray, who have been um, drawn into the things of the world, who are living in another kingdom and who are seeking after a new way of living and seeking after a true identity. And so God started to give me this heart, just like when I was praying for the Middle East. And it is just burdensome and weighty and tough thing to ask God for. And I just started praying to God. And he just broke my heart. I just weep over people. And I just weep over people who don't know Jesus. And my heart just breaks for people, people that I know in the Middle East when we go and serve there who are living in this life of torment and oppression under Islam and who are living lost and seeking after something, praying to God five times every day. And the situation of their life is so horrific, but they're so determined to keep praying and keep the religiosity of their lives up to try and hold on to something that maybe God, it's inshallah, they say, it's like God willing. If God willing, he'll fix my problem, but it's up to God. And if he doesn't fix my problem, it's because I've done something against God and I deserve it. But they don't know who their true identity is or who the true God is who can lead them out of that bondage. And so, yeah, God just, it's, it's all I can do now. <laughs> it's all I can do is just, and it's the least I can do. God saved me from a life where I was going to end up in jail or in prison. I'm sure my mum thought of many nights where maybe she'll get a phone call from the police saying Scott's done this or, is that true? Statement? Yeah. Maybe it'll be a knock, oh, we've arrested Scott, or maybe Scott's been in a car accident or something. But years I spent in bondage until finally someone had the courage to share Jesus with me and my life got radically changed. And there's people like that everywhere. Okay, give me a minute to just gather my thoughts here. So getting the lost sheep, it's just, it's my mission. Go get the lost sheep. And this guy, I hope these words never leave your mind as well. Got to go get the lost sheep. It's just like, a, you just got to do it. God has reconciled us back to him. And although we were sinners, he died for us. And it's the least I can do as a believer. And so... We were made to be in Christ. If you need some structure to my message, I'm going to summarize it now. We were made to be in Christ as a new creation, reconciled back to God, given the ministry of reconciliation, so that 
We can represent Jesus in the world and we can reconcile others back to the Father. That's why we've been reconciled. It's time to go get the lost sheep. If it means I lay down my life for the lost and I turn to Jesus and I fix my eyes on him, if it means that's my life and it's going to cost me my life, it feels like a privilege now, to be honest. It feels like just a privilege. And I just thank God. If it means I have to get into the harvest, then I get out there. We, we teach um, people in YWAM, um, if, you, if you're going to another nation, um, part of your ministry training, if you're going to go long term to another nation, one of the things we teach is don't hang around other expats. And it's very hard when you're in a, an Arabic-speaking Muslim country and no one speaks English and you look just so different and touristy. It's hard to get into people's worlds. And then you come across an American family. Hey, you speak English. Oh, you should come to our house. We've got Tim Tams. What? Oh, no way. We've got real coffee. No way. It's not the Arabic, co- it's not the Arabic coffee. Oh, yes. Let's have dinner together. Your kids should meet my kids. And let's hang out. What do you do on Saturday? We should go to this park that has a lot of Western people there. You'll love it. You'll connect with other people who speak English and... That's, we train our missionaries, don't do that. 90% of your time, you need to spend it in the harvest. 90% of your spare time, instead of going to the comfortable, which we love. We love meeting. It's so exciting when you meet someone else in a foreign country who's, especially an Aussie. Oh, I just get a 20%, 50% more Aussie. And it's like, hey, how's it going? They're like, how's it going? It's Awesome. Where are you from? And you just you go back to Aussie instead of, hello, I'm Scott, I'm from Australia. All of a sudden it's, mate, mate. You see an Aussie flag, T-shirt, mate. But we've got to get the lost sheep. I'm not there to mingle with other Aussies. I can do that here and it's awesome and I love doing that. But when we go, let's get into the harvest. Let's spend our time in the harvest. Whatever that means for you is whatever that means. Maybe it means you meet with someone on Sunday because that's the only time that they can meet up with you. So instead of, oh, mate, church on that day, church on that morning, I'm actually doing the guitar. I can't. Another time, another time. Maybe we could switch that around a little bit. You know what? Let's catch up. Sunday morning. I'll be there for the lost sheep. Get into the harvest. It means I die to myself and I stop holding on to my life and what I want to do with my life. And if you still hold on to your life, that sounds very painful. But if you lay down your life to God, he actually gives you a better life than what you could ever try and build for yourself. So again, it's the upside down kingdom. But I'm trying to hang on to my life. But if you give it to God, the life that he has set out before you, the plans and the purposes that God has for you, will come into fruitation and it'll be so much better than you could ever dream of. God has this such a wonderful life set out for us. So if I want to go get the lost sheep, I need to die to myself for the sake of the lost. And I just want to reconcile people back to God. So that's, that's my message today. Whatever it takes, 
Give it all to Jesus. He'll provide all we need and he'll fulfill the things of your heart. I noticed something else as a missionary that the things I laid down to God that I thought, this is my thing. I'm going to lay this down for God. I'm going to stop doing this thing that I enjoy doing and I'm going to just serve Jesus. And you know what? One of those things was I loved playing guitar in church and I loved being on stage. I loved being with the team. I loved the everything. I was a musician. When my wife went me, met me, I was playing in pubs and just guitars my life. Just loved it. And I laid that down for God. And you know what? I've played more guitar in more places <laughs> since laying it down than I could ever have imagined. Instead of being on the stage, which is where I loved, I loved the, the unity and the flow of the spirit and everything like that. When I laid that down for God, I ended up in places, for example, I was on the Syrian border and just last year and I just got to worship with a team of people and I was leading on the guitar, just playing songs of worship over the nation of Syria from the border. And we get to go and just uh, take our guitar to India to these slum areas and we just get these kids coming out of nowhere. We just sing songs of uh, healing, song decorating songs of joy over them and we're just breaking stuff off left, right and centre. And I never would have imagined doing that and never thought it would give me such joy, so much more joy than, than in a pub or any other environment that I could have thought of when I'm in the harvest and we're singing songs to Jesus to people like this, or in these villages up on this mountain in Indonesia, remote, remote area, and we're just playing, singing to Jesus. Kids are coming out of everywhere, dancing. It's just, who would have thought? So when we lay our life down, it might feel burdensome and tough, but it's actually a privilege. And the life that God gives you is far exceeds the life that you had and that you made for yourself. It's the upside-down kingdom. We think that we can create the best life we can for ourselves, by ourselves. But if we just give it to God, he just does such an amazing um, transformation. I would like to take this opportunity, if I could, just to um, just sing a song over you guys, if that's okay. And we're just going to finish. Um, it's just a song of surrender to God. And it's a song about... Just giving him everything. And it says, Take my hands and all possessions. Take my eyes and all I see. Take my words, my thoughts, my questions. You're all I need. And I just want to spend the last few minutes. Is that all right? And uh, of course, of course that would happen. My wife, Jen, about to have another baby, and okay. And this is Raya, who she'll probably join us.
it's time to go get the lost sheep. Okay. Let's stand. feel like I'm not reconciled to God. I don't know half the things you're saying, but I know that what you're saying is I'm not walking with the Lord and I feel like I need to be. And if you're feeling like that, then that's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit prompting your heart to say, give your life to Jesus. And so if you are feeling like that, come and speak to me after the service. Come and speak to Pastor Andrew or Pastor Mal after the service and we can talk to you more about that. But be reconciled to God. He's waiting to balance all our wrongs and all our faults and all our sin and to just hit the delete button on everything we've done in our life and make us a new creation. And he's waiting for us to do that with open arms without feeling like you're the worst person in the world. But convicted. We feel like we need change in our life. I need something needs to happen in my life and I need to do something. And so be reconciled to God and we can do that with you after the service. Okay.
just like Scott was saying, I, I feel like I spent my life clasped onto things in my life to keep myself safe, to be a sense of security and sense of comfort. And only did I experience freedom and only did I experience peace until I was able to let go. And it's that backwards way of thinking that when you hold on, you're safe. As long as you've got hold of what you've got, whatever it is that's giving you strength, whatever it is that's making you feel secure or, or comfort, you think as long as you hold on to it, you'll be okay. But the trick is that it's not until you actually let go, until you actually fall into his arms and feel that peace. So whatever, whatever you're feeling stirred in, whatever you're feeling like you're holding on to, just trust him with it. Trust him that you can let go. Trust him that what he's got you to fall back on is so much more secure and so much more comforting to you. In the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise in the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you can have all.
security God because you're the only thing we need you're the only thing we need every every breath that we take every day that we live Lord God it's not about what we see and what's happening it's about what you have determined it's about the purposes that you have lined out the beginning in Genesis and the end in Revelation Lord God that's why we're here and everything that you've predetermined on that path all the way through God you're the purpose you're the reason and you're enough, Lord God. Amen. Hello. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Mel. Love you guys. Love you, church. And feel free to come chat with us afterwards out here.